Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Hi, this is former Pro Bowl Center for the Buffalo Bills, Eric Wood, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on the Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Where else would you rather be than right here? Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. The Bills bungle the divisional round of the playoffs to the Bengals 27-10 to end the 2022 season and put Bills fans right in the driver's seat to... Of the off season, <laughs> of the off season, of paying attention to free agency, the draft, uh, all that fun stuff, all that stuff that we're going to talk about uh, in this episode of Circling the Wagons. Um, hello, everyone. Welcome to this recap episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and this episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. If you're in the Western New York or Central New York area, do yourselves a favor. Check out the Delago Resort and Casino. Kyle Brandt, our buddy Kyle Brandt, was just there this last uh, weekend on his way to watch the Buffalo Bills uh, play the Cincinnati Bengals. He stopped there. I was like, oh, cool. You know, that's it's cool to see uh, other famous people enjoying it besides us. <laughs> not not famous at all like Kyle Brandt, but uh, it was cool. So if you're in the area, so Western New York, Central New York area, check out the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Uh, it's the jewel of Waterloo. Uh, we are going to discuss uh, just, just an – there's just so many things to get into in this loss – to the Bengals. A lot of it's going to be venting. A lot of it's going to be discussion of this neck of of the upcoming off season. What the Bills need to do to improve. There's just going to be a lot of general discussion, and as well, and 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 I might be able to get to some tweets from uh, the listeners as well. Uh, and also maybe we'll do our giveaways at the end too. And also the thank yous, uh, as I like to do at the last episode um, each week. But for now, I'm joined by my co-host, John, and uh, Mike's coming back from the game, so I don't know if he'll be able to join us tonight, but hopefully he can. Uh, But John, uh, the Bills were able to win in a lot of different ways this season, it felt like. Uh, Usually the offense would win the game for the Buffalo Bills, but sometimes if the offense was sputtering, the the Bills' defense would bail them out. Sometimes, uh, just only a couple of times, did the Bills special teams really bail them out? So they were able to win in many different facets. Like if something wasn't, you know, working, then they could turn to something else. It felt like that all season. And I was, I just was under the impression that, like I, I've said this before on the podcast the last couple of weeks, that the Bills lose in the postseason this year, the playoffs this year, it's going to be because of something that 
the Bills do. Like they shoot themselves in the foot like they did against the Dolphins the week before or something to that effect. I didn't see them losing this way against the Bengals. I guess I didn't see them losing in a, in a manner where they were outcoached and outplayed in all three facets of the game. Um, I didn't see a way where like someone didn't step up when like the offense was sputtering, the defense didn't step up and the defense was sputtering. The offense didn't step up like nothing. No one stepped up and the bills didn't shoot themselves in the foot. They just didn't come and perform. They were outcoached. They were outplayed everything. Um, so, uh, this was a, this was a defeating win. Um, it felt, uh, so much different than last year. Last year's loss to the chiefs was just frustrating. It, it was just heart wrenching. This was just like, I mean, the Bills went down in the first quarter and they never even really had a shot in it. They were only within one score at the very 0 0 and the first touchdown the Bengals scored, and then like once throughout the entire game, but the Bengals never looked back. Uh, this was a defeating win as a, as a Bills fan, John, and we're left with a lot of questions going into the offseason. Uh, what were your thoughts on the loss today and uh did you feel a lot of those same feelings that i felt oh hey nate uh i was really hoping i wouldn't have to talk in this episode but uh <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah i mean you're right they they were outcoached offense and defense um and they also didn't execute they didn't they didn't block well they didn't tackle well and the game plan on both sides of the ball wasn't that great either uh it was just really bad all around like that you would like you like you you said like like you'd think that no turnovers you know like they have last three four weeks they've had all these turnovers now they're playing a good team oh no turnovers and you know last pass of the game doesn't count they should win right no (laughs) they just fell apart completely as a whole it's an entire football team um it was really um, disappointing and depressing. And your immediate thought is like, you know, last year was supposed to be the year. And then like the, now does the window close after this year because of the salary cap and who they might be losing and there's no money left and how are they going to move things around? What are they going to do in the draft and all these other things? And it's like, like obviously this is going to be good, but like that, that caliber of a team, are they going to get back to that? I mean, Cincinnati, as far as an AFC opponent, was the scariest team for me. I I was not super confident heading into this game. Um, If they won this game, I'd be much more confident against the Chiefs next week. Um, If they made it past that, the Eagles and 49ers scare me the most in the NFC. So, you know, who knows? Um, But, yeah, I, I don't know. It just sucks all around. Well, you were, we were talking before we started recording, like the feelings between last year and this year. And I think you brought up something really important that I hadn't thought about until you mentioned it was that the heading. So the Bills were 13 and 3 this year, um, better record than the previous season. But last season, I felt so much more confident about this team in the postseason than this year. Like you kind of mentioned it, like we got in and like we won, but like we weren't on a hot streak. We weren't hot going into the playoffs like we were when we were 11 and 6 in 2021, 
right? Like that year, like we were hot going into there. We won like three or four straight or whatever. We dominated the Patriots. We were 13 seconds away from beating the Chiefs, the best, you know, one of the best teams in the AFC. And if we had, I'd have felt very confident going into the Bengals, obviously. Who knows if we would have won that game? You never know. But like this this season, um, I didn't feel we were particularly strong at the end of this year. I felt like we got away with one. We did just enough to win. Um and then the Dolphins game last week, like, it was okay, we won, but, like, I was just happy to win, kind of hoping that, like, somehow the Bills would turn on the Jets or somehow some, that law or that almost loss last week would have lit a fire under them to say, hey, like, we really need to, like, I mean, we need to start playing a lot better on off, like, limit the turnovers on offense, defense. Like, they just they just weren't, like, at least last week, you could say the Bills dominated them for the most part, offensively and defensively, for the most part. It was the mistakes that really cost them. It wasn't just, you know, the fact that they were mistakes. It was like, it wasn't that Josh Allen threw an interception. It was that he threw an interception and was returned for 50 yards. Or it wasn't that he fumbled. It was that he fumbled and was returned for a touchdown. It wasn't that, you know, so-and-so, like, muffed a punt. It was returned for, you know, or that a punt was returned 80 yards. Like, it was it was all these things in combined. You're like, okay, well, you get rid of those things and the Bills, well, they didn't. You got rid of all those things this week. The Bills didn't make hardly any huge mistakes like that this week, and they looked like they were. It was total domination, total domination across all across the board. And and one thing I want to note is that I noticed this before this game, especially against the Dolphins. It felt like is that the Bills trench play on the offensive line and the defensive line was subpar last week. Now, you could argue that that was against, you know, a really good uh, Dolphins defensive line, which I think the Dolphins have a really good defensive line, so don't get me wrong. I mean, they have Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips, like, both really good players, and then you also have, you know, Christian Wilkins in the middle, right? Like, good defensive line. Okay, well, the Bills couldn't really, you know, uh, protect Josh Allen against that. Okay, whatever. Like, they did okay. They did good enough. They did much worse this week. Josh Allen didn't have hardly any time this week, even whether it was like they were blitzing the hell out of Josh, whether they were rushing four, whether they were rushing three, they were getting pressure on Josh. And then the other way, if you look at the flip side of that, the the Bills' defensive line, um, you know, the, the the Bengals were working with three second stringers. And then one of those second stringers got injured during the game and he was just kind of gutting it out, right? The Bills could not stop the run um, up the middle, especially up the middle. The Bills could not uh, pressure Joe Burrow. In fact, the only sack that Matt Milano had was because Joe Burrow decided to start running and then Matt Milano sacked him before he could get past the line of scrimmage. Like, not a true, true sack, but like good enough, I guess. Like, they couldn't get pressure. Like, this was... Uh, it was just like their trenches, you know, the offensive line, defensive line were just were poor again for the second straight week. And it feels like the Bills really struggle against teams with either good offensive lines or good defensive lines or both. And and this week was no exception. So let me know what you think about this, John. Okay. So I'm thinking this week, you know, both guards for the Bengals were out. The starters were out. Um, so you have backup guards. And Daquan Jones, unfortunately, was out for the Bills. It may have caused some of it. It definitely wasn't everything, but it may have caused some of the issues on the defensive line. Like, one one person specifically that I wanted to see have a good game, and, like, if there was ever a time to have that good game was today, was defensive tackle Ed Oliver. Like, I've always liked Ed Oliver. I think everyone in Bills Mafia likes Ed Oliver. I don't think he's lived up to the number nine overall draft pick that he's had. Uh, 
And I think that today was another example of that. Now, there's plenty of blame to go around. It's definitely not all his fault. The Bills, in general, deserve all the blame. Like, players, coaches, whatever. Like, I'm not pinning it on him. I guess, just specifically, when I think of the defensive line, I think that last week he should have had a good game, and I think this week he really should have had a good game. Now, they were double-teaming him, and their, their center's really good, so that helped them as well, I'm sure. But, like, you know... I was just hoping for something, man, like something more than what they got out of Ed Oliver. Maybe this season in general, but like specifically this game, I was hoping he was going to eat. I was hoping he was going to be the game record that we drafted him as. I was hoping he was going to be the game record that we're going to probably end up paying him as a top five defensive tackle or whatever it ends up being. Like you can't tell me after today, like if you give him a top five contract and he makes, you know, 18, I, I have no idea what a top five defensive tackle makes, like 17, 18 million dollars, you know, after they're going to pick up his fifth year or contract, uh, fifth year thing. But but if after that, if they end up paying him $18 million and what you've seen with him, I mean, how good would you feel about that contract? Because to be honest, me, I don't, I don't feel great about it right now. I'm not even sure I feel great about the contract they give Dawson Knox. They can't find a way to utilize him on a weekly basis to the, to the point where he needs to, but uh did you think about that at all during the course of the game john when you're looking at the defensive line and why it wasn't able to take advantage of of the uh of the dolphin or i'm sorry the Bengals depleted offensive line specifically in the interior yeah i i think the defensive line overall right you have i mean at oliver first round pick greg rousseau first round pick uh boogie basham is a second round pick epines is a second round pick Shaq Lawson, was he first-round pick? I mean, I know that he went to another team and came back and all that. But Shaq Lawson is a first-round pick, yep. Yeah. So, like, all, they got all these players, right? But it's it's not happening. And, like, they they give Von Miller a huge deal before the offseason, and it looks so much better with Von Miller. And then he gets hurt, and then it goes back to how it was before. Like, they... they it, Brandon Bean's been trying... But he's been un, very unsuccessful, and that's <laughs> he's, that's very that's very concerning. He's been trying in free agency and the draft using a lot of like high draft picks, like you just mentioned, um, and having limited success. I would say I wouldn't say I, I, they're not terrible by any stretch. I'd say they're what did you say average, maybe slightly above average, but not like game changing defensive line for all the. I mean, that's why they had to bring in 33-year-old Von Millers because they are like, oh, we've spent all this capital. I've got nothing to show for it. But they also brought in Daquan Jones, Tim Settle Jr. Like, I get it. Um, Shaq Lawson, Jordan Phillips. Like, no, nothing. Nobody was was making an impact with all those players that you just mentioned. And, and they're trying to fit, like, all these players into this grand scheme, like, oh, we're going to play nickel all the time. And I think that's a product of, like, um, Mahomes, right? Kelsey and, and Hill and all that, which was which was understood at the time. But so you know, you you, you want to get all the pressure with your front four so that you can drop everybody else back and cover, so you cover both ends. But you're not getting the pressure, and you and because you only have two linebackers, right? Like some teams play three four, like they have four line starting linebackers. You know they they they're all over the run game, but they can't. Uh, obviously, the Bills can't stop the run, <laughs> so <laughs> couldn't stop the pass either today. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Like, but it was funny. Like, 
it's like, you know, somebody made a comment today. It's like, oh, they're just going to run all over us because they keep they kept running with Mixon at one point. I'm like, I think they're going to keep passing at us, too. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it, I is a combination of drafting and scheme and execution. It's everything. It's it's everything. It. it it's weird to say that because they are very talented overall. Like if you just like look at the roster on paper, it it is very talented. Um, but there's there's they're not putting all the pieces together somehow. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 definitely not figuring out a way to to do it. And you said like the, the scheme. I mean that. I mean that goes back to Leslie Frazier, like them finding a way to the like you were mentioning. You know, like getting to burrow with your front four or whatever like the bills always try to do or if they do try to blitz it's not super successful like like think about this john remember that one shot that like josh allen took it was a blitzing corner and he just freaking leveled josh josh didn't see him coming off the right side and the guy just came right i think it was hamilton from the Bengals, like 21 and like Josh, he just leveled Josh. Josh Allen got hit into Deion Dawkins, and he went down like he thought he might be injured, right? I think he went to the tent in the, like the timeout or whatever. And when you were mentioning that, I was thinking just now, I was like, when was the last time you saw a Bills blitzer just go completely like unblocked? <laughs> it was. Like, I don't remember the last time. It feels like that's such a like I see a lot of guys. I see guys blitz a lot. I see them get caught up in the offensive line and not do crap to get to. The opposing quarterback, I see that a lot. Or I see like them go, and then the quarterback has like a second or two to think about it, and then they eventually get through. Maybe like, but it's never like unblocked. Guy gets completely free, you know. Like, and I think that's that's a product of the Bills, you know, defensive line, the scheme. And then on the flip side of that, like, let's talk about the Bills' offensive line. Like that, the Bills were so outmatched on the offensive line. You know, it just kind of goes back to, so so going into this game, you look at the Bengals and their receiving weapons, right? And you're just like, they have uh, probably, if you're looking at top three receivers on a team, like they've got to have the best three receivers, the best three starting receivers in the NFL in Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, right? Like probably the best. And then not only that, they have Hayden Hurst, who has got to be a top 10 tight end right like he's really good also and then so you're looking at that and you're like they have all these weapons offensively but they have a terrible offensive line right now you know like there's lyle collins or the right tackle is injured like you know like i mentioned you know they're they're missing three of their offensive linemen um like there's no way they're gonna have any time to, to throw the ball right that's the exact opposite it wasn't that they didn't have time they did have time but like when you have that many weapons like somebody's gonna be open like my line of thinking has always been you build in the trenches like sean mcdermott and brandon bean have been preaching since they got here which by the way they haven't done but like <laughs> we'll talk about that but like that's always been their line of thinking. That was always my line of thinking because, like, you can't throw to your Stefan Diggs if you have no freaking time to throw the ball, right? Like, that's that's what everyone says. But the Bengals are proving that you, if you have all the weapons, it doesn't matter. But guess what? The Bills don't have the weapons, and they don't have the offensive line. So they have neither of those two. So against a really good team, like, they fail in both of those facets. You know what I mean? Like, they, they, don't, they, don't, have a Steph, they don't have three Stefan Diggses. Not that the... 
Bengals do, but they have like three really good wide receivers. Like the Bills have like, you know, one and a half good wide receivers, right? Like all things and they don't have a tight end that's like, you know, Hayden Hurst or whatever. Like the Bills the Bills couldn't get going on so many different levels in the offense. It was, it was very frustrating. Well, yeah, I mean, I think Outside of Diggs, it's been a problem all year for the Bills to get separation at wide receiver, and then you have drops from Diggs and 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 McKenzie, and like there's no consistency. They definitely need an, a, a wide receiver too. Um, I made the comment today, like at the end of the first half, where like Gabe Davis was, you know, on defense for the big uh, hail mary throw, and like you know, so I was like, oh, why is Gabe Davis? And I was like, oh, you know, he's on the hands team. It's kind of ironic, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can like, be. It can be. <laughs> I mean, like, really? You know, well, we just like need him. Well, he's perfect for it because we just need him to <laughs> knock it down. We don't need him to catch it. <laughs> it's funny because before that happened, I was like, I was making the comment, like, oh, I hope they're going to try to catch it and then the other team gets it. Like, hope they just knock it down. <laughs> and then, like, on defense, right? Like, like, there were a lot of times where it's like third and whatever. And they play the super soft zone where, like, they were, like, behind the sticks even. And it's like, well, I, I mean, you need to be there to make the tackle as soon as they catch it. You can't, like, have them catch it and run to the first down marker and then tackle them. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why are they doing that? Yeah, especially against, like, a Jamar Chase who can, you know, make you miss in a phone booth, right? Like, he's very good. He's very shifty. Or, like, how about, like, John, you just mentioned, like... <sighs> soft zone or how about this when they blitz the hell out of joe burrow like they're still like eight yards off the receiver it's like no that's when you need to be right there because joe Burrow's going to get the ball out quickly like that was i was listening to a stat in the pregame um uh for the buffalo bills radio station and they were mentioning that joe burrow has the second quickest release time of all the quarterbacks in the nfl right next to tua right like he he lets the ball out gets the ball out quickly it's like, well, if you know that, then you know that you have to be on your guy really quickly. Like, stop. I don't know. I, I, I don't know about the zone versus man issue, but, like, be close to your guy if you're playing man because, like, <laughs> you need to be there when Joe Burrow gets rid of the ball very quickly. So, I don't know, man. It's funny because whenever we talk about, like, we are just mentioning, like, the the weapons and the offensive line that the Bills don't have. Like, it keeps bringing me back to that Greg Cosell tweet that you we talked about, like, four weeks ago, where, you know, Greg Cosell is the, like, vice president of, you know, NFL films or whatever the case is. Like, he's a, film, he's a senior film analyst there. And he's he was on Ross Tucker's podcast. He's just like, you know, it's... Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and a bunch of guys on that t- on that side of the ball. There's not really a whole lot of and just look at, I mean, look at the Dolphins last week. Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Raheem Mostert. Like, you know, you might argue that even Jeff Wilson is better than all the running backs that the Bills have right now. I mean, maybe he's not. Maybe he's as good or just a shade below. But Jeff, but Raheem Mostert's definitely better than everything that the Bills have right now. You know, at this point, so. You know the wide receivers, the Gusecki. I mean, a lot, you... a lot of a lot of that scheme too. Like the like, look at the Forty ers You could put a guy off the street, and <laughs> he could run for a hundred yards in that system. And then they got McCaffrey anyway, so it's like, jeez, <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's a smart like, move. Yeah, but like, but a lot of it depends on philosophy and scheme. I think too on that sort of thing. Like, I, I think Singletary and Cook are good players. 
Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not dogging him. I'm just like, yeah. I, I mean, would you say they're as good as Joe Mixon? Like maybe they're around that level, but I don't think they're better than Mi- Joe Mixon. No, no. I no. I I probably. Put, yeah, I don't think you could good. argue that like Dawson Knox is definitely better than Hayden Hurst. I wouldn't say that. Like this. No, no. And he's had like drop issues too in 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 different games. So like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. Like, but doesn't it make so much more sense? The more the more good teams that you see play, especially in playoff football, and how they win, the good teams that win, like how many weapons these teams have on offense. It seems to be like like the Eagles, like the other night, you know, and and like you mentioned, the the Forty ers like they just a good offensive line, good weapons, like either or, and it's just like. The Bills don't have either. The Bills and 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 a game like today against the Bengals just makes it so much more obvious to us, the viewers and the fans that that pay attention to this, like how much they're truly lacking in a lot of those areas, specifically on offense. And I said this last season, and I'm going to bang the table. I'm sure you are, John, too. It's just like build around Josh. Like your off season, it's great to have you know, these cool defensive tackles and Von Miller, don't get me wrong. Like I'm happy we have them, but dude, put like a couple of good offensive linemen in front of Josh Allen that he doesn't have Roger Saffold to be gone after this season, you know, put a good left guard in there. Like instead of doing these draft picks, which like, don't get me wrong. I, I don't mind it when Brandon mean doubles up on draft picks. Like when he went, um, Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham a couple of years ago because in my in my mind i'm like well at least you'll hit on one of them hopefully (laughs) you know and then and then it ends up being that you know like kind of hit on one kind of hit on the other like i wanted them to draft an interior offensive lineman with that second round pick and they didn't uh you know they they drafted uh you know spencer brown and tommy doyle back to back and offensive tackles i'm like draft a guard like what are we waiting for like you know you mentioned god Sorry, I I was just gonna like just to piggyback on that, like since they, I guess even before Josh Allen, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So six of their last seven first round selections were defensive players. The only one that wasn't was Josh Allen. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they got Shaq Lawson, then Tredavious White, then Josh Allen, then Tremaine Edmonds, then Ed Oliver, then Rousseau, and then Kyrie Elam. So two corners, two defensive linemen, uh, a linebacker, and Josh Allen. And so the Bills have what? drafted. Like, could you could you say like the Brandon Bean might not be that good at drafting offensive linemen because he drafted Cody Ford, which we're like, okay, well, you know, he's going to be our starting right tackle. Wasn't a good right tackle. Okay, well, maybe he'll be like a Pro Bowl guard. Well, he was a terrible guard too. So that was a terrible pick. So it was a busted second round pick. And you talk about Spencer Brown, which is, you know, it's only his second season. So he's still learning. He's still getting better. I haven't seen enough from him where you're like, this guy's going to be a good starter in the NFL. That is not proven whatsoever. I think he's getting better. Maybe I don't even know if that's true, to be quite honest. I I, I think I think he has his moments <laughs> like and then you know Ryan Bates is like I think he's a you think he's an average right guard I think he's he's pretty good, um, but you know Roger Saffold I don't know I don't know it's Mitch Morris and Deion Dawkins are the only 
two offensive linemen I'd build around, and then everything else is up for grabs. Just like Diggs is the only wide receiver that I would build around, everything else is still up for grabs. You can get rid of them all or keep them all or try to upgrade them or whatever. Like those are the only those are the people I want to build around, you know? It's just like on defense, like the players I want to build around are like Tredavious White, Matt Milano, Micah Hyde for now. <laughs> it's like Jordan Poyer today. Jordan Poyer didn't look good. He wants to be resigned. He looked awful. Like, I think this is the last time we will see him in a Bills uniform. Mostly because they, I don't think they could necessarily afford him, but he yeah, didn't look I mean, good. You look, at, you look at the Bills draft history and like what their needs are next year. Like Their first round pick is probably going to be safety or linebacker, right? <laughs> Based like, on always, what you just They always pick a defensive player for. I mean, McDermott's defensive-minded, right? Mm-hmm. He was actually going into today was the, or this weekend, was the last defensive-minded coach left i think um hmm. interesting yeah, I, I don't know and like a lot of them are like you know i, I don't want to say busts yet necessarily but like we got some questions here on some of these picks that they've made right like they could have they made better picks there ed oliver when he gets his contract if he gets a top five contract which i would definitely say he's not better than any of these top five guys um aaron donald definitely not DeForest Buckner, no. Chris Jones, no. Jonathan Allen, no. Vita Vey, no. Like, I mean, he's he's going to make a minimum of $17 million per year on average. Probably going to be a five- or six-year contract. And to be honest, I don't, I don't feel comfortable at all with that. And I'm not saying the Bills have anything better behind him necessarily, but I'd sign me up for, you know. Yeah, uh, but vicious cycle, right? So now they got to draft one in the first round, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of something else like a wide receiver too, or a offensive lineman, or you know, or a safety, or probably Poyer. Like, <sighs> I don't think I don't think Brandon Bean is bad at drafting, but I don't think he's proven he's really good at it. Now he did hit on Josh Allen, which is the most important. So you ha- you can't say that like he could hit on Josh Allen and miss on everything else, and like still be a great drafter or a good drafter at least. Um, and he's I think this. This last rookie class might be his best draft class since Josh Allen's draft class. But, I mean, where do you look along the line of, like, man, this draft pick that he made, man. Like, that was a great draft pick. Everyone they've, yeah. been, everyone they've been re-signing has been mostly a, 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 the pick of the, of the year before uh, he got here. Javis White, Deion Dawkins, Matt Milano, like, all guys before he got here. Sorry, what were you going to say? Yeah, I agree. I mean, they, yeah, that that first draft were like was pretty good. Like, but overall, there, there's some questions. Like, I mean, Taron Johnson was a good pick. He was like like a fourth round pick. Um, Saran Neal's been been outstanding on special teams. Fifth round pick. You know, trying to think off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, they had to trade Zach Moss. Like, Gabe Davis has been. Inconsistent. I mean, who do you look out of that? Out of Tyler Bass. Tyler Bass was Tyler a Bass solid is a fifth good. round pick. Um, they drafted Isaiah Hodgins. He's doing great for for New York right now, <laughs> in New Jersey. I should say future Pro Bowler uh, Isaiah Hodgins. Yep, can't wait I mean, to Dane can't Jack- wait till Dane he does Jackson. the Wyatt Teller. Dane Jackson gets some flack, but he was a seventh round pick. A couple Dude, of Dane years Jackson ago. for being a seventh round pick is unbelievable. But for being a starting cornerback, like I think he's pretty. I think he's okay. I think he's pretty good. Yeah. Nobody I, I, would be, I, yeah. Like I think between him, White and Kyrie, I'm like, and Benford, Benford, like he's been injured. Yeah. 
like I think their corners are pretty good going forward, but like safeties questions. If they lose Edmonds, there is a question. Um, and then the, the defensive line, I think there's maybe some wasted draft picks there. Like you can't have three first round and two second round picks there, and and then you trade for Von Miller on top of it, mm-hmm. and it's still like not great if you don't have Von in the lineup, who's like 33 years old already. Like you can't have that. And then on offense, they need more better wide receivers. That's not named Diggs. And offensive linemen. And then he called better games. Yeah, they did get right. We didn't even I, I remember when you and Mike were complaining about Dorsey half the year last year. Like, oh, we got rid of Dorsey. Now, you mean Dable. Now, now, or Dable. Yeah, sorry, I got him mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> You're complaining about Dable all year. <laughs> <laughs> I So what's I'm, funny is, like... I mean, I don't I don't hate Dorsey. Like, I, I love the passion, and I and the, I'd love... Uh, some of the things that he does. I, I don't think he's as good as Dable was, though, either. The way he started out the beginning of the season, he looked so much better than Dable. The other thing was I didn't like about – and I like Dable. Don't get me wrong. Like Obviously, he was, he was a good offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. What I didn't like about Dable was sometimes his stubbornness to refuse to like change the game plan throughout the game. He's just like, we're running it today, so guess what? Like <laughs> like you know, and it would just be like, well what if it doesn't work? You'd be like, it's gonna work, trust me. It'd be th- into the third quarter, it'd be like, it's not working so far. It'd be like, trust me, this is just when they're gonna be waiting for it to, you know, this this is all gonna pay off, you know, and uh, then it would still wouldn't work. So like I mean, but what look at all of the things that I didn't like about Dable, Dorsey hasn't improved on. We don't have a great run game. I think we have a better run game, but I don't think it's great. I don't think it's to the point where it takes so much pressure off of Josh Allen because it's so good. Like, I think it's better. I think it's okay. Um, I haven't been impressed with the uh, passing game since uh, Dable has left. Um, I think that there's a lot less, like, all of them are like, why did it feel like, this postseason and the end of the season that the routes were so much further down the field to where Josh had to like, you know, drop back, you know, seven steps and then wait to, you know, five steps and then wait to, you know, throw the ball. It's just like, wait till someone gets open. It's like Joe Burrow and like, watch the chiefs play. Like there's a guy in motion and he's ready to throw it. As soon as he snaps it, he just has to go through his reads or he goes and sits in shotgun or whatever. Like this is, there's no developing route tree. There's like, it's ready. It is ready for him. Now, if he has time, he can go to his deep route or whatever. But how many times did did Joe Burrow need to wait for that deep ball? Like what? Like I think he threw it like three or four times, maybe longer than like 15, 20 air yards. Maybe like Josh was looking to do that every single throw. It felt like, <laughs> like that's like that's a that's not good offensive play calling. Why can't the Bills run a draw play? Why can't the Bills run a screen play? Why can't the Bills do a bubble screen that actually gets more than four freaking yards? And every other team that the Bills play against has no problem doing these things, these simple play concepts. Those are the same issues I had with Brian Dable, and I was dumb enough to think that Ken Dorsey would fix those. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. Like the, the You kind of remind me of uh, there was a on the one drive, like Allen snapped the ball in like, I saw Davis and Beasley like kind of like just stand there like really far outside on on the bottom of the screen, and they just kind of stood there like they were expecting something. And Allen ran it straight ahead for four yards. I'm like, and everybody's like, oh, that was kind of weird. And like several plays later, 
it was like almost the same play, except he actually threw it to Beasley and Davis Black for him, and he got a first down. It's like, oh, they, it was just set up for that play, I guess. That was a but, that was uh, a that was a memorable play because the, the the screen the bubble player this whatever you call it, wide receiver screen actually worked. I'm like, whoa, the Bills never get that. Yep, but it does often seem like like they call a play and it's like you're you're picturing the Madden plays right at the bottom of the screen. It's like all the arrows, all 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 wide receiver arrows are putting straight <laughs> up with no. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like no crossing batters, no slits. No, everybody Let's just, just go long. The, for, Every the play. verticals play. <laughs> yeah, the bad. <laughs> or if yeah. It, yeah, yeah, if it's not that play, if they do anything other than that, it's like deep post route or whatever. Like where the it's like yeah. basically the the end of the half play where you just throw up a ball, right? Like that's that's every play where Josh Allen has to pass, right? <laughs> Like yeah, and I get, I get it, I get it. Like you want to go for the home run, but like all the time, really. Mm-hmm. I know, and even when Josh Allen did get, I didn't mention this earlier, and maybe you noticed that there was no yak at all. There was no yards after catch today. The Bills would get it if they did eventually complete it. They were tackled right away. As you look at the other side of the ball, you know the the Bengals were getting it they were breaking tackles they were making guys miss and they were they were either wide open or what and josh isn't either seeing these guys wide open because they're not or they can't get enough separation or the play the plays are just being called that way that they just i don't know it's and that that was one of the biggest things after last year like alan even after the end of last year said himself yeah we got to work on that particular thing yep and it's not improved whatsoever. <laughs> that was that was their shortcoming today. One of their shortcomings. Whereas you see Hayden Hurst streaking across the middle, like wide open, run for a touchdown or like a twenty-five yard gain, and you're just like, wait a minute, where? Well, how come my guys can't do that? <laughs> do yeah, know? and the, the easy example is like somebody like a Tyree Killer or or uh, Jamar Chase, who could just like take the ball and like on the run and do what they want with it, run 40 yards or whatever. The Bills don't have that because they throw it, like, all the way downfield. So, like, it's either a catch or it's not. Like, there's, there's no yards up to the catcher for that. But, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, it's either yards after the catch and a touchdown or just an incompletion. <laughs> Those are the only two outcomes for these. Uh, but... Uh, here, let's let's do like you know, like we normally do on our podcast. Um, I, I mean, I'll go quickly into the stats of the game. Josh Allen, twenty five for forty two, two hundred sixty five yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, and then rushing Josh. Josh Allen, the Bills' leading rusher, which is sad because he had twenty six yards rushing and one touchdown. That's how that's how poor the Bills uh, were running the ball today. Um, Devin Singletary. So real quick, John, I know we do this every week, and I know you don't want me to do it, but fire emoji rating for Josh Allen uh, out of five. How many fire emojis do you give him in this loss? You can abstain if you want. I know you want three. to. I'm going to go three. You're going to go three? Okay. All right. He's, he didn't make any mistakes. I'm The only turnover was like essentially the last play of the game where they're down by whatever, and I'm not counting that. He was a warrior out there. He was taking hits left and right. The offensive line gave him nothing. His receivers gave him nothing. Um, pretty much mistake three. Um, he had the rushing touchdown. He ran a few times. He ran hard, uh, got some first downs, but uh, 
Like you know, if you're if you like if you're picking a wall of famer, not to get ahead of ourselves here, like Allen's might be the only player you could even put on it. So uh, yeah, I'll give him a three. Yeah, I, I like three. I don't think you can look at this game as a Bills fan and say this was Josh Allen's fault, or even I. I, I mean, he sure. Was he perfect? No. I mean, did he have some mistakes? Did he run when he shouldn't have? Kind of like last week, like he tried to run up the middle, and then he would get, you know, some defensive tackle would put his arm across, you know, the, uh, that like take him down. He'd get like a three or four yard gain instead of, you know, what we're used to him just running for 25, 30, 40 yards, right? Um, but I didn't, I guess... It was not his fault, and I don't think a lot of Bills fans were. I mean, and you can't blame the guy. I mean, the guy's been not struggling all season, but, like, that's how good Josh Allen is. We mentioned the offensive line and the receivers, and he makes both of those look so much better than they are, so much so that I think sometimes it tricks us Bills fans to thinking, like, we have a really good wide receiving core or we have, like, a really good offensive line like because he's that good. You know, how many times do we see free rushers just, he just sidesteps like a free blitzing, you know, linebacker or someone, you know, like, and, and it's nothing. And we, we just kind of take it for granted. Um, I don't, bl- I, I like three fire emojis, John. And I think that's, I think that's fair. Uh, even, yeah, yeah. even with the mistakes. Yeah. I think uh, d- during the game, uh, Colin Cowherd had a, had a good tweet. He said, still not sure what the Bills offensive game plan is. Josh Allen being super talented is not an identity or a game plan. Like mm-hmm. that says it right there. You yeah. can't just be like, "Yeah, we got Josh Allen, so we're just gonna do whatever." You <laughs> actually have to have a good plan. <laughs> yeah. Aside from aside from that, right? Like that's not everything. You can maybe get through the regular season that way, but like you, in the playoffs, you need you need to actually like figure it out. Yeah. As great as he is. Yep, and the Bills still didn't figure it out up until you were kind of hoping that the light would turn on this game because you can get hot at any moment, right? Like we saw that last season with the Buffalo Bills. Like you were kind of hoping like, okay, this is the game, right? Like this is the game, right? Like no. Eh. Um, <laughs> that's, that is what it is. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. (laughs) I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Uh, So let's do, uh, so anyway, real quick, Bill's leading receiver was Dawson Knox. Five receptions on seven targets for 65 yards. Um, next lead receiver was Shakir with 40 yards. Singletary with 38 yards. Diggs with only 35 yards. Get this stat line for Stephon Diggs. Four receptions on 10 targets for 35 yards. Zero touchdowns. John, we saw this. Um, they showed it on the broadcast. Diggs was visibly upset and frustrated with Josh Allen. I don't remember the last time I saw that. Maybe like, I think it was the Detroit Lions game. Or something. Was it the Lions game? Yes, it was the Lions game. Because I remember, I think Diggs only had one or two targets in the first half, and then he became huge in the second half, and then he ended up having that game-winning catch, you know, to set him up for that field goal to win the game. Um, I've never seen him that disappointed. And do you blame him? Because it felt like he stopped looking at Stefan Diggs. He didn't even attempt it after after a few. Yeah, it's it's 
it's tough. Like the one player, remember, like it looked like Diggs was going to be doubled. I didn't see the replay on it though, so I wasn't sure because it seemed like it was shortly after that play that Diggs was upset. Um, so I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure myself. You, you know what the um, play was? The play that he got upset at, real quick. Sorry to cut you off. Was that it was in the end zone where Josh was trying for the touchdown and he ended up throwing it away. Basically, it was behind Gabe Davis. It was almost an interception. Um, it was fourth down. It was fourth and goal or whatever. It was it was it was in the red zone. And if you look behind him, Stephon Diggs was open behind him, but Josh didn't see him. I think that's the one he got upset about. Okay. Yeah, I think I think is the the first read was that he was double covered, but when he got all the way back there, you would think that we saw Gabe Davis. But if Diggs is behind him, then he's going to see both of them at the same time. Um, did you happen to see Joe Biscalia's tweet uh, with Diggs after the game? No, no, I didn't. What did he say? Uh, he says Bills wide receiver Stephon Diggs darted out of the locker room with all his stuff before some of the Bills coaches were even down to the tunnel area. Practice squad running back Duke Johnson stopped Diggs before he left the stadium and brought him back to the locker room. He left a few minutes later. Now, he did have a follow-up tweet saying that Diggs was in the locker room for the Sean McDermott postgame speech, according to the Bills head coach. Now, like a, a lot of people were tweeting about that. That's why I bring it up. I'm not upset about that. Like, I mean, it's a, you know, Diggs is obviously a very passionate player, and uh it was an emotional game any any playoff game is going to be emotional and i if if there was something to that i i don't care yeah i don't i don't care either i think i think he has every right to be upset i think everyone on the team has with receiver it's so much different too like right because you can still do your job great and still you know the Bills have a terrible game passing, right? Whereas, like, you can't be a great defensive lineman, have a great effort, and then, like, they run all over you, or you get no pressure whatsoever. You know, like, it's it's a little bit different. Or you can't be, like, a great cornerback, have a great day, and the guy still catches 150 yards over you. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't happen. Whereas wide receiver, you can be, like, he could be, like, I'm open, pass it to me. And if you saw the look on Josh's face, like, he's... Stefan Diggs is like, you know, very vocal and telling him, and Josh is just ignoring him. Like, he's not like, yeah, yeah, I get you. He's just ignoring him, looking at the iPad or the tablet or whatever. And, like, it wasn't the look of someone that's like, listen, man, you're right. Like, it's on me. He, like, I'm sure Alan's frustrated with the performance. I'm sure he doesn't like somebody telling him, like, you know, none of us like being told, like, when we make mistakes at work or, you know. Yeah, he's probably thinking in his head, like, yeah, I fucking know. I'm looking at it right now with this fucking tablet. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> yeah, no shit, Stefan. You think I wanted to fucking throw it to behind the guy, you know, to throw it almost an interception, and you were open right behind you? He's like, sorry. Like, whereas me, if it was me, because I'm, like, uh, I'm not the alpha athlete that Josh Allen, I'd be like, listen, man. Listen, man, I'm sorry, okay? I didn't see you open. <laughs> I, I wanted to get it to you. I would have if I saw it, all right? Which is probably not the right move either, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not upset about that. As soon as as soon as they get back, because you never know. Like Dorsey might be gone. He might get the Panthers' job. And John, before I even like, who cares about the Bengals' stats? Who gives a shit about that tonight? But like, right now, they tell me. I'm telling you, Ken Dorsey's leaving to take the Panthers' job. How upset are you? One to five. Five being super upset. One being I don't care. Depends who's taking his place. <laughs> just knowing that he's gone because I don't know who it's gonna um 
I'd be upset because they wouldn't have an offensive coordinator. Let's see. Hold on. Let me the tell way you. you what... fra- the way you just phrased that, like, it's like, no, he's gone. Like, don't worry about. It. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me tell you who. Uh... So like, di- didn't didn't Allen like like I don't want to say handpick, but like he had a, he had he- heavy influence right in Dorsey being the offensive coordinator when Dable left. Mm-hmm. I would want to do what Josh Allen wants to do, like. If Allen wants to call all the plays himself, I I, I might be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Might I don't be a think a bit more heavy on passing, but yeah, yeah, I... <laughs> like him running. But I mean, okay. Well, how about this? How about this? Okay, so you have to give me an alternate option. Like who? Else let me give you. Let me give you an alternate play? option that you're just gonna like drool over. Okay, you ready? You're gonna you're gonna cream your pants over this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I was gonna say uh, that would be awesome, Frank Reich. You have my attention. <laughs> that, that long pause that John, you might not have heard it because of the editing, but the long pause was John creaming his pants right there after hearing Frank Reich. Why wouldn't you take Frank Reich? Right? Do you imagine giving Josh Allen Frank Reich? I, I. I I love Frank Reich, but I don't know if he's done all that well in his coaching positions outside of that season or two in Philadelphia. The Super Bowl, you mean? That wasn't good enough for you? A Super Bowl win with Nick Foles as the uh, yeah, as the that was one of the that was one of those two seasons. Yes, yes, yes. It was amazing. He did great. But every everything else is like I'm not sure. What's he had to play with? He's had uh, now, now, Philip Rivers. He did great with Philip Rivers. They made the, the playoffs then. And then he got Carson Wentz, who's awful. And then he got Matt Ryan at the end of his career, which was terrible. So, I mean, what? I'm, it, not, I'm not sure, I guess. I Trying to be unbiased with it. Cliff Kingsbury? Be. I don't know about Cliff Kingsbury. I wouldn't no. take Cliff Kingsbury. No, no. Um... Would you take Sean McVay? <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett? No. <laughs> Did you hear Nathaniel Hackett was going to interview with the Jets? Like, how awesome would that be? That would be great. Oh, man. That'd be almost as good as when he took the... Uh, Adam Gase took the Jets job. That was amazing, too. Yeah, I like it. I'd take it. Go with that, but of course it's different with offensive coordinator than head coach. You know, like I don't think Dorsey's going to go anywhere, and I don't think Frazier's going to go anywhere. Why the hell would you hire Dorsey after seeing that game today? Like you have Josh Allen at home. No. Are you kidding me? With no injuries, and you can't score more than ten points. The freaking the the Ravens with Tyler Huntley with their backup quarterback scored more than that. You know, yeah. like that's... like it's it's possible. Like I think Car- was Carolina the only the only team that was going to interview him. I believe so. Yeah. So like it's possible, but I I, I don't think so. And I haven't heard anything with Frazier, um, even though he probably should get interviews. But um, he should have before today. He <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I know he's he's had some missteps as well. Um, so we might have Frazier and Dorsey again next year, which for consistency's sake might be okay, but like they might need to make some changes to improve, right? Like and that's gonna be on McDermott, right? McDermott's gotta be like, Hey, look guys, 
yeah, no way McDermott fires Leslie Frazier. No way he fires um, Ken Dorsey outright. No, I don't but think, he's right? he's but he's gotta he's gotta tell him, hey, look, you gotta make some changes because otherwise, next year, if this happens again, you know who knows. If I were them, I'd just start blaming the lack of uh, whatever players and talent on my... I'd be like, uh, if I was Ken Dorsey, I'd be like, listen, I need a better offensive line. What do you want me to do with this? <laughs> or whatever. I need more than just yeah. Stephon Diggs. And McDermott goes to Bean, and Bean's like, you know what? You, you got to fire those assholes. You know? I mean, seriously. <laughs> goes back and forth. <laughs> McDermott... McD- <laughs> It goes back and McDermott's like, you won't believe what Ken Dorsey said about McDermott's you. McDermott's the middleman. He's like. <laughs> it's causing friction and drama. He's like, I don't people. know. I don't know. Like, he's saying this. He's like, I mean, I'm just trying to. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what, Brandon? I told Ken Dorsey what you said about needing to get better. And he told me that you haven't given him garbage for weapons and wide receivers, you know, so. He doesn't understand that Dawson Knox contract at all. <laughs> so, and he goes back to Dorsey. And he's like, yeah, you know, being, you know, he's he's doing everything can. He says, you know, he's gonna, you know, pick up some receivers next year. You know, it's, it's all gonna be good. And it's like a sixth round pick or something. Two sixth round picks. Can we take a guard higher than a sixth round pick or whatever? Even those guys end up getting like poached off of our practice squad and stuff like that. It's just crazy let's spend a top like a a top five round pick on a guard to put next to mitch morse for god's sake ryan bates we're keeping ryan bates for the foreseeable future we're keeping mitch morse for the foreseeable future like dawkins morse and ryan bates are the three players and then it's just like hey like sign a tackle or hope spencer brown gets ridiculously better hope that tommy doyle is better than spencer brown last year or get someone better draft someone better whatever like, you know, you've wasted all these picks on def- – not wasted on them defensive line, but, like, you've used them all on defensive line to, you know, varying degrees of success. Like, let's try them on offensive line. Maybe we'll have more success there. So, yeah. Anyways, going back about that. So I'm not going to finish any more stats of the game. That's all I really wanted to get into about this. Let's do – actually uh, – I got a trivia question for you. Ooh. Ooh. Good. This podcast is already really, hour. I don't know. If, I don't know if trivia is is a good word for it, but uh, okay. you have to answer within five seconds. Okay, I suck at these, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm not okay. quick thinking. Okay, ready? Yes. It, I'll hit. I'll hit the start button as soon as I'm done asking the question. Okay. How many days until the NFL draft? 103. Oh, you answered in less than three seconds. Um, Prices right rules. You were over. Oh, was I? Ah, oh, man. So, so you lose ninety-five days. Ninety-five days, man. Someone told me it was one hundred and four days the other day till something. It was probably a week ago. One hundred four days of the draft or something. <laughs> Is it only ninety-five? Wow. Yeah, we've made the playoffs. <laughs> We're not used to making. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's been a few years now. Like it, it, but it still feels like <laughs> the drought, even though that we've been in the playoffs for a number of years now. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. We take that for granted, you know. Like maybe that's maybe that's the way that we should phrase all of this, John, into like totality. Is that this is still a really good place to be in? Like losing in the playoffs is how much better would you say than like thinking about draft in November? <laughs> like if you had to put a 
a percentage like or a times like is it twice as good is it 25 times as good like i'd say it's so yeah, 100 times as good it still sucks to lose two, but i i have two different thoughts on this so on one hand it's no better than going 6 and 10 and 7 and 9 for all those seasons because you're still not winning a championship and you're getting an even worse draft pick however being in the playoffs means any given Sunday you win, you go to the next day, the next week. So I mean, I'd, I'd rather be in the playoffs than not, for sure. And it's not like the Bills have like a Marvin Lewis situation where they can't win in the playoffs. Like they've won, they just haven't gotten to the to the big show. Right. Yeah. And and yeah, they're not getting in at the seventh seed. Although it really sucks that they've been the second seed a lot, where they would have had a bye week and any other decade or year whatever that kind of hurts a lot actually but um yeah like i'd rather be in the playoffs than not if you're like like, for sure yeah but like is it like i'd say just being in the playoffs the excitement of it the possibility that anything can happen once you're in it i mean it's a hundred times better than what it used to be like drought era like it's not even it's it's not even in the same realm or at or like you know solar system because you're looking at at a place where you're just like well hopefully they don't suck next year like they do this year like this we know they won't suck next year now they may not be 13 and 3 good or 13 and 4 good or whatever they end up whatever they could have end up being this season but um, but they'll have a shot but they'll always have a shot with josh allen they'll always have a shot with josh allen um so it feels that's like the key, that's the, that's the key right there, and what they need they they need to make sure that those they tap all those other loose ends. Bean's got to make sure that his first round draft picks, especially the next couple of years, are hits, mm-hmm. and not just first round, but you know across the board, like you know a good percentage. Let's say you're not going to hit every pick, um, and the coaching needs to improve on both sides of the ball to play calls and. And McDermott needs to see to that. Like he needs to tell those guys, "Hey, do better." <laughs> like, because it wasn't good at times this year. And despite the thirteen and three record and all that, like they were, it was nice to see them win close games as opposed to last year where they lost all the close games. That's why they lost, you know, three or four mm. more games mm-hmm. last year. Um, but like, if you think about it, like twenty twenty might have been their best year which is even the year before that. Oh, when they actually made it the AFC Championship game, but then they were... You know what? I was thinking about that, too, that when they lost the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs two years ago, like, that loss felt a lot like this loss, didn't it? Like, there was... You walked away from that game, and you're like, the Bills don't deserve to win this game. Like, they don't deserve to go to the Super Bowl, right? Like, they they, they just got outplayed by the Chiefs on both sides of the ball. They didn't look good. Like, that's how today's loss felt like it felt like that game whereas last year you felt robbed because the bills should have won but this year you felt like the bills weren't good enough to make it you know i agree but i think going into that game in 2020 i felt way more confident than i did going into today well yeah they'd won two games but you could even argue that those two teams that they beat i mean the ravens are a good team don't get me wrong but dave lamar jackson like they weren't there in full health at the time. True, true. Like I, well, they weren't at full health once Lamar Jackson went out. <laughs> but yeah, before the game, no, they were. no, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, like it, I'm, and I'm, I just, I'm just worried about their window, right? Like, of course, like the whole big thing is about like the question with with Joe Burrow was asked. Oh, are you worried about your window? He's like, no, as long as I'm the quarterback, the window's always up. Like, oh, that's such a good answer. <laughs> it's a good answer, yeah. Good but like, him. but like, I'm I'm worried about the Bills though. Like, you know, you got seller cap issues now, and and they're gonna be keep everybody on defense and. You need help on offense still, and how do they replace the defensive players, and this and that. Like the last since twenty twenty to now might have been the window. Like what happens after this? Mm-hmm. So there's cause for concern, and of course it's like every year, right? Even during the drought, training camp comes, they sign somebody, they have a draft, and it's like you know what? Maybe this is the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's gonna happen at some. Oh yeah, in the off season. No matter what, all their salary cap issues, they'll resolve them somehow, and they'll fill in all the gaps. And you'll be like, this this team. It's uh, like, oh yeah, they they, they figured it out. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're going to go undefeated this year. <laughs> but uh, right now, it doesn't feel that way, much like other years. So, uh, so I'm so normally we just vicious, vicious cycle. That's what it is <laughs> the vicious cycle? Uh that's so true, man. Um, normally we do sweet sassy molassy plays of the game. Um, not going to do that this week. Uh, there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of great plays this game. There wasn't a Gettysburg play of the game because there was uh, there, nothing nothing great happened. There was no turning point because the Bengals never didn't have the lead from the beginning of the game. Um, I'm going to do a quick wall of fame. John, you kind of mentioned that Josh Allen is on your wall of fame, right? I'm going to give a couple real quick that are off the board. Um, the first one I'm going to give to is my son. And the reason why I say this is because, you know, my son's seven years old, and this is the first time we've been able to, the first year where we've, we've kind of always watched Bill's games together. This was the first year where we've watched more and more, and I'm hoping this obviously continues. He grows his fandom, you know, with me. Um, and it was funny. The Bills were down 14 points, John. I didn't tell you this story before the podcast. And we're eating dinner on the couch, and I'm stressed, and I'm not really eating. And, you know, the kids are cool. They're being cute little kids, and I can't even enjoy it because I'm, you know, watching this game, getting stressed out about the season ending. The Bills are down 14 points. It's almost the end of the third quarter. And he goes to me. He goes, Daddy. He's like, listen to me. He's like, they're still going to win this game. He's like, you have to believe in your heart. You have to hope with your heart that the Bills, you know, and he goes to me and he's giving me this like pep talk, right? Which he's never done for anything else in his entire life. Gives me this pep talk and I should be the one giving it to him because like I'm the big Bills fan. Like I'm the huge Bills fan. He's, I'm like, I'm like, I know better, but he's like, ah, oh, daddy, he's like, believe, just say, you like, I believe in my heart. I think I, 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 the Bills are going to win this one. I believe in my heart. And then, uh, so I say it along with him because he really wants me to. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, I believe in my heart. The Bills can win this one. And, uh, and you know, it was cute. It was a cute moment because, like, um, he hasn't gone through as much disappointment as I have for the Buffalo Bills in my life to know the difference. But um, that he's my wall of fame. He's my wall of fame this season for becoming a bigger Bills fan. And for stuff like that, stuff that you don't expect, stuff that kind of lifts you up a little bit. I'm sure a lot of people listening have stories like that. Uh, but that was unprompted, uh, which isn't always the case. You know, we played the Bill song together, the Bill shout song, the one time we could really play it for that touchdown. And uh, it was fun to watch it. The more I look forward to more times that, you know, 
that we get to share together. And it's kind of like the silver lining for me as a Bills fan was that personal experience. So that's 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 totally awesome. And don't sell yourself short on that. Like he learned that from you. It's not like you have you have to take that into account. It's not like you were like oh all dejected and everything. He gave you that pep talk because he learned it from you as a Bills fan. Oh wow. Thanks, John. Thanks. You're going you're on my second wall of fame. You're my second wall of fame for saying that to me. <laughs> for agreeing for agreeing with that one. I also wanted to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Ian, who uh is from um Ohio. He made the trip down to Buffalo, like on a whim, got flights down, didn't even have a ticket until, you know, like a day or two before the game, asked if we could come, we couldn't go. Um, but I think Mike went, but, uh, at the same time, like he sent me a picture after the game, John, and this is how good this is. Ian said, he sent a picture of himself at the game, went by himself, didn't go with his wife this time, just went solo. So cool. There's a picture of him smiling at the stadium. And I said, dude, that's a great picture. Like, I'm just sorry that the game didn't turn out well for you. And I gotta, I gotta read you his response because it would have been so easy for him to be like, you know, uh, yeah, it sucked, you know, this and that. And he said, uh, I said, you know, he. there's a pic- big picture of him smiling with all the snow in the background in the stadium. And I said, that's so cool, so cool. Um, I'm sorry they didn't put up, they put up such a terrible effort against the Bengals. And he said, best day ever. It was like wor- worth every mile. So like even even after that, like it would be so easy to be down about the team like after that loss, like I think a lot of us were, but he's just like, you know what? It, it gave me hope. You know what I mean? Like he still loved it, and it was still a huge experience where he could have been like, "What a waste of money and time that I had doing this." And he was just came out of it. He's like, "It was still a great day. It was still an amazing day," no. and, and I'm happy. That, that totally that totally makes sense because there's like a lot of camaraderie. You're there with fellow Bills fans, and like the tailgating leading up to it. I mean, the tailgating is more than half of the experience to, to go to the game because you're not going to no matter where you sit you're not going to see it as well as the TV and all the different angles and everything but like just like the atmosphere like that that that, that really makes it I think especially for a playoff game yeah yeah definitely <sighs> definitely John I I think uh, you know we have some I'd say wall of shame but I feel like we've complained or you know, about everything in this game. I don't even know if we need to go into Wall of Shame. Is there anything that you think that we might have missed in complaining about this game or the direction of the team? I mean, I think I already said everything. <laughs> I, think, I think we mentioned just about every player on the team, minus, like, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And, like, you know, there were a lot of... Even the good players didn't look great today. You know, Travis White, you know, Jordan Poyer, Matt Milano had his moments where he wasn't great. I mean, I think I think it was just, you know... We mentioned our big, huge ones. Um, I want to turn this over to, uh, real quick, on the positive note, we're going to do a, a Twitter giveaway. We're going to give away uh, three different uh, shirts from our Public site. Um, if you go to the Public site in the link in the show notes, you will see uh, all these Bill's Design shirts that we have. Uh, probably not going to be a ton of people buying Bill's shirts over the next few weeks. Uh but I definitely want to uh, give those to our listeners, especially the ones that leave us a five-star review. So I had some winners last week. The winner this week will be um, Doc El Jefe Smooth. Doc El Jefe Smooth. Next one is Jay Leach 26. Jay Leach 26. And the last one is Bokes 
26. B-O-A-K-S. Bokes, 26. So those are the three winners this week. Um, I think we're going to try to roll this into next year, too. Um, uh, by the way, and, and I have to mention this. I... I mentioned this on the Twitter Space uh, podcast episode, and I'm going to mention it here. And John, are, John and Mike already know as our co-hosts, but Vox Media, the parent company for SB Nation, which is the parent company for Buffalo Rumblings, if you can get all that, uh, Buffalo Rumblings right now at this moment, uh, Vox Media in general is going through a ton of layoffs of their personnel, their bloggers, their podcasters, etc. Right now, as of the time I'm recording this, Buffalo Rumblings in general isn't affected by it. Now, um, they've already shut down some of the best podcasts. Um, Buffalo Rumblings is one of their best podcasts in in all of SB Nations, but uh, they've gotten rid of some of the really good podcasts from from uh, SB Nation. So um, that's not to say that all of Buffalo Rumblings, I'm sorry, Buffalo Rumblings won't be affected, or that you know some of us might be affected if, for whatever reason, circling the wagons. Uh, leaves Buffalo Rumblings uh, podcast network. Uh, we will start our own feed. We will. I, we should be fine. I'm just letting you guys know. If you do not find us on Buffalo Rumblings podcast network, just search "Circling the Wagons" and we'll have our own RSS feed. Like you know, we'll we'll find a way. We'll be the indie artist of Bill's podcast. We'll be the alternative alternative rock of uh, of Bill's podcasting or whatever. So we'll be that. It would think John, you love. You love uh, rock music. Give me, give me an idea of a, uh, of a, uh, of an indie artist that you like that we kind of all know, or something, or some sort of, you know. Can you think of any indie artists? I can't think of any off the top of my head for some reason. Have I never liked an indie artist? <laughs> Just kidding. Or maybe they all became famous eventually and were never indie artists. We'll be, we'll be whatever your favorite is of that one. Nirvana. No, I just can't, <laughs> I can't think of any indie artists. Anyway, we'll be that one. If you have one. <laughs> so you'll find us eventually. We'll create our own RSS feed or whatever for podcasting. So you can find us on all your favorite podcast um, uh, apps or whatever like that. Um, this is the time of the year, which stinks to do this, but it's a good time to do it because I want to do the thank yous for this podcast. So um, I want to thank uh, Buffalo Rumblings, obviously, Anthony, um Jay Spence for doing such a great job running the network um, that we work on. I want to thank all the other podcasts on the network for doing such a great job to create new listeners, to retain our listeners. Um, I'm very proud to uh, get along well with them. All the great writers at buffalorumblings.com. You've heard Scarecrow, uh, Griff, uh, Dan Lavoy, Sean Murphy, and I'm sure I'm missing someone also on this podcast. Um, it's just some really great writers on that, and I'll try to have more on in the off season um, as this show goes on. All the all the people that I've interviewed over the past year, whether they were former Bills players or media personalities or whatever, um, appreciate all you for coming on and talking to us. Um, appreciate uh, the folks that do the intro and outro music to the podcast that allowed us to do that, that gave us their permission. It isn't, <laughs> they, they're not going to sue us. Thankfully, uh, Dom Brown does the, uh, does the bills raps. We have two or three of them that we do on different episodes. Uh, he does a phenomenal job. Find him on Spotify or Apple music or whatever. Um, the outro music to the recap podcast is done by the Jambronis. A lot of people have been asking about both artists, the Jambronis, 
are on uh, everywhere you listen to music too. Um, that the song that they do with the hey, 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 that's the Twelfth Man song. A lot of you have asked, about, emailed me, DM me um, about both artists. Uh, that is Don Brown and the Jambronis doing the music. Thank you guys. Thank you to both of them for allowing us to do that. Please check them out on social media and uh, and their music out on any uh, anywhere you stream music. Uh, Want to thank um, uh, my co-hosts John and Mike for doing the podcast with us each and every week. Uh, it means a lot to me that I I have a medium where I can talk to my best friends um, week in and week out. Um, and it's just such a privilege. Uh, six years ago, this is our sixth year doing this together. When we first did it, there were only like two or three other Bill's podcasts, fan podcasts at least. Um, nobody in the media was doing it consistently. Joe Biscaglia wasn't doing it uh, consistently each week. Um, and I saw that there was a market for it. So we just took a took a dive and went for it. And it's, it's turned into something better than uh, I ever thought it would be. Um, it's just great to talk to your best friends in general, but to talk bills with them is something we probably would have done anyway. Um, it's a great excuse to keep in contact because if you get older and you get married and have kids and you know life, your careers and all that stuff take a take a front seat, um, you just have less time to spend with your friends. So this has been a great excuse to do that. So I'm thankful that they continue to do this. Uh, we're not the Beatles yet. We haven't broken up or anything. So this is this has been a blast. Uh, uh, their knowledge, their humor, their entertainment value, their um, the work they put in each week um, does not go unnoticed. So I thank them for that. Truly, sincerely, I love them. Um, and the older I get, too, by the way, I, I, I started to say I love you on the Twitter spaces, especially for the longtime listeners and the people that come in week in, week out. Man, the older you get, the more people you see go, the more you realize, as Mike says, that we're all just meat bags, you know, floating through space in between the, you know, uh, you know, uh, the points in our lives between birth and death. Like, it's just, there's just, you don't have forever in this world so i'm thankful to both of them for coming on i'm thankful to our significant others i'm thankful to our wives our girlfriends uh our families who you know don't get to spend that much more time with us whether we're at a game or whether we're recording late at night we don't get a chance to put the kids to bed or whatever or they might have to make dinner without us or whatever uh that they put on the back burner for us um truly appreciative for uh those individuals for doing that for us uh very appreciative for that and then i want to thank uh you know delago our sponsor uh, the DraftKings sportsbook at delago and the delago resort and casino great sponsors um they've done a ton of great work we've been with them for i believe this three or four years now every time i go there i'm so impressed i have a blast it is one of those things where we would not uh, ask someone to be our sponsor if we didn't truly believe in their product. Uh, it is such a cool experience being there at the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago to be able to place bets there and then watch the games. Is a, it's just a, sportsbooks in general are a cool experience, but that one is uh, is truly special. So appreciate them over there for sponsoring the podcast as they do. Um, and and then lastly, but definitely not leastly, is the listeners of the podcast. Um, all of you that have been with us since the beginning, since six years ago, those of you who have been with us just a few years or two years or one year or found us somehow this season or found us this episode, um, appreciate you guys uh, giving us a chance, uh, listening to us, uh, giving us your thoughts, uh, whether it's over Twitter or over on the Twitter spaces 
that we released uh, more so this year than ever, um, whether it's over Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Appreciate the heck out of you. All the kind words that you've given us over the years uh, don't go lost on us whatsoever. Um, very thankful for all of that. Um, helps keep us going and helps us continue to try to improve so that no matter what we're giving you uh, – we're trying to entertain you first and foremost. We're trying to talk bills with you because, you know, let's be honest, like there's a lot of people out there that, you know, we, you might talk bills with your friends or whatever, but there's a lot of people that don't have uh, bills, uh, fans that are friends, you know, that might live in a different area or just, you know, are deployed or serving our country somewhere else. Um you know, they just don't have that. So hopefully we provide that for you. Hopefully we give you that bills banter. Hopefully we entertain you and hopefully we give you we leave you with something to think about for the Buffalo Bills as far as week in and week out to watch for or something like that. So uh, I don't think I've missed anything. John, is there anything that I've missed for like thank yous? I think I hit just about everyone from anyone that's ever lived and anyone that's uh, ever not lived in the world. I think I've I think I've hit on it everything. Man, you almost sound like this is the end. Like, you're going to have episodes of the off-season. We're going to talk about free agency and the draft, right? Like, this is going to keep going, right? This is just the beginning. This is just... <laughs> it makes me want to... Uh, yeah, you're right. That We're going to keep going um, next, starting next week. <laughs> starting the next week, we're going to be giving you more and more episodes. We're going to talk a lot about, you know, uh, needs into the off-season. Who, 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 who are we rooting for? like the the rest of the way so we got cincinnati and kansas city and we got san francisco and philadelphia who who are you rooting for oh man uh, well we're definitely not rooting for kansas city <laughs> we're rooting for the Bengals, and then i'm rooting for uh ah oh, man joe burrow versus I don't know if I want him to play a third-string quarterback or if that's a cool, exciting narrative or, like, if I really want, like, the the Eagles-Bengals, I feel like, would be a really exciting Super Bowl with two really young quarterbacks, uh, two of the best, you know, young quarterbacks in the NFL. I think that's what I'm rooting for, Eagles-Bengals. What about you? I think so, too. Like, anybody but Kansas City. So, <laughs> I'll take... Yeah, any of the other three. It really doesn't matter after that. Like, um, I hate the Super Bowls where I hate both teams. <laughs> like, you know, if it was like a Dallas Kansas City Super Bowl, I really, I would really hate that. But I'm glad that Dallas is out. And uh, so, yeah, I think, yeah, I'm definitely rooting Cincinnati next week. Mm -hmm. San Francisco, Philly. Like, I'm just rooting for a good game. Mm -hmm. Really, yeah. Just to, you know, as a fan. Um, and then. Yeah, we'll take it from there, I guess. You know, what's funny is that, like, sometimes I love this next week, even if we're not in it, because sometimes the AFC-NFC championships are better. One of those games is better than the actual Super Bowl, right? So that'll be, uh, like, you could argue the Bills-Chiefs, even, even though it wasn't a championship game like that, Bills-Chiefs game felt like the championship game, um, even though neither of those teams went to the Super Bowl. But it was an exciting, it was more exciting than the actual Super Bowl Uh to that except for us bills fans with it because they lost but yeah yeah mix i'm excited for next week's game um but we'll talk more i think what we're going to do is we're going to start breaking down the offseason needs strengths weaknesses the salary cap which doesn't look great <laughs> right now uh players that they might look to cut or restructure in order to um 
in order to make room in the salary cap for. So it's going to be an exciting time as a Bills fan. Um, don't don't get down on it. Like there's still, you know, thirty. The, what Mike always says each week, and I know he's not here right now, but he says is each each year I should say is that thirty one fan bases walk away like angry, right, or upset or sad. And, you know, we just happen to be one of the 31 again this season. So, <sighs> I mean, <laughs> it's not, I don't know. Did I, yeah. did I send you back into a, a depression strep spiral? <laughs> <laughs> the odd- it's always funny because like, because like at work, you know, so like there's, you know, different fans at work of different teams and it's like oh the bills never won a ring it's like well you know their games before the super bowl the bills won two championships like oh that doesn't count like well okay so all the packers championships don't count before 1967 like i don't know i (laughs) (laughs) that's so it counts (laughs) (laughs) they've they've won it all twice they merged and they merged afterwards like Mm mm-hmm I'd argue, I'd argue that if you didn't watch the Super Bowl where your team won, that that doesn't even count. <laughs> like if you didn't, like if you're a Dolphins fan, say, hey, at least we won two Super Bowls or whatever, however many they won, and it's just like, yeah, but you weren't alive for it. If you're under 55, you're, you're you didn't going, see you're it. You're going against what I just said about the Super <laughs> Yeah, well, that was different. 60s. That was a championship. <laughs> but like I count the AAFC championship, like the Browns, like all those years without a grind before they were in the NFL, like that counts. Like all what they did, um, but no, no. Like to your to your point, if we want to go that way, like there's a Cowboys fan that in, at my place of work who was like two years old when they beat the Bills. Yeah, so, that doesn't like, count. Is there? He obviously doesn't remember <laughs> that. If you have to hear about this, but he brings it up all the it. time. <laughs> Be like, if you have to hear about the Super Bowl from your dad, then it doesn't count. <laughs> or your grandfather, like, because you weren't alive to witness it, then it doesn't count. I mean, it doesn't count for bragging rights. It still counts in the record books, but you didn't get to brag about it. Your team didn't, you didn't witness it. You didn't root for that team all season. You didn't bleed and whatever, blood, sweat, and tears for your team. You didn't have any of those for the team that season. You didn't live and die with every play. That doesn't count. So I think I'm think i good I mean, if I mean, if you're a fan from birth, then... I guess you can do whatever. I, I don't know if he was or not, but I mean, for me, like, you know, Joe Ferguson jersey, and I'm six months old or eight months old, so I was like, yeah, all right. I'm pretty confident that I can take claim to anything the Bills did previous. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Because, you know, the, it's in the family, right? Yeah. Like, at that point, it's, it's you know, Bills Mafia, Bills family. Um Joe Ferguson jersey is six or eight months old. That's that's a cool story. Yeah, or at least a shirt. I mean, yeah, it's funny. the 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 funny part of the story is like when I was older, it's like, oh, number twelve, Jim Kelly. I had a Jim Kelly shirt when I was a baby. <laughs> and, was, and then a little bit later on, I felt like, wait a second, Jim Kelly was a Bill. And wait, wait a second, when was he drafted and, again? Oh no, yeah, it was before. That wasn't that wasn't Jim Kelly. <laughs> Yeah, without giving it's away our funny. age, yeah, let's say was, let's just say Jim Kelly was drafted <laughs> after that after you were bored. Uh, yep, he was some drafted point. after I was born, was, and uh, and obviously Bill after. I was oh yeah, born that's too, what I meant. So. He was uh, that's what I um, meant. He was a Bill after you were born. That makes you sound younger. So, <laughs> but he, but even when he was drafted, he was drafted in eighty 
83. Oh, was he? So, is it 83? Oh, geez, I thought it was 86 yeah, for some reason. That, yeah. So that's even still after. It, he went. He was with the Gamblers for three years before oh, yes. even. So yeah. No, that's a good. That's a good story. That's a good one. I'm glad you shared that one. I did not. I don't know if I knew the. Oh, I think I, you did tell me the Ferguson story once. But still, I love hearing that stuff. I have too much stuff in my head. I forget. Some things get pushed out easily. So that's a good one. That'll always be. Uh, that's what she said. <laughs> Some things get pushed out of my head easily. Is that what? Is that what the, that's what she said for? <laughs> so, uh, you said that was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> Oh, John, I miss your that's what she said jokes. Um, thank you guys all for listening. Um, any final thoughts, John, before we end this really long, long podcast? Even without Mike, it was a long one. No, I'm – that's what she said. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised it was this long considering the loss, to be honest with you. I thought it would be half as long. <laughs> I know, me too. Me too. We didn't even read any tweets. I just have tweets. I always have tweets, you know, ready, locked and loaded in case uh, in case it goes a little bit shorter, but we didn't even have time for it, so I'm fine with that. So, all right, well, signing off for the last time in the 2022, I guess, 2023, 2022 regular season and off season. John? Well, that's a lot of pressure, the way that this is The way I set that up. Yeah, don't screw this up. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> Wait, I don't have anything profound to say. I'm sad right now, but I'm sure that we'll turn around. I I, I hope that uh, uh, Bill's front office will have a good off season, and uh, I look forward to talking about that. Uh, go Bills! Yeah, John, I think you hit it on the head. I think I think the future is bright for the Bills. They're going to have to make some changes. They're going to have to change some approaches. But that doesn't mean that they can't get better and that next year we're talking about a deeper run in the postseason and hopefully a Super Bowl run. So for me, Nate, go Bills. And we'll talk to you guys again next week. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills.
Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs> Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. <laughs> 